Hi, Donnie. Welcome back to another podcast episode of A Real Page Turner with Donnie Granza and Mara Maros. Hello. Uh, welcome back, listeners. And today we are going to talk about the book and movie, This Is Where I Leave You by Jonathan Tropper. Um, but before we get started, I just wanted to take a minute and we wanted to dedicate this episode to our friend from our master's program at Wilkes, um, Melody Breyer Grell, who passed away this week from cancer. And uh, I feel like this was an appropriate book that we seem to have coincidentally done this week, since it is someone who has passed away and about someone who's passed away. And we want to take a minute and uh, dedicate this episode to her. And we are certainly missing her in the world's a little bit duller without our fabulous friend who brought a lot of laughter to our lives. Yes, we will miss you, Melody. Uh, thank you for being that shining light that you were, that you always were. Love you. <laughs> Yeah. So today we're going to talk about This Is Where I Leave You. It was first published. It was published in 2009. It's a New York Times bestseller by Jonathan Schropper. And basically it's about a story of a family who comes home to sit Shiva with each other and a family after their father has passed away from cancer. And they generally don't talk often or see each other. So it's a really a family drama about people coming together who are forced to spend uh, seven days with each other in the same room and kind of that family dynamic. So as always, there will be spoilers, but <laughs> that is the general gist of the story. So Donnie, do you want to talk about the movie? Uh, yes. Uh, the book was adapted into a 2014 film. Uh, it was directed by Sean Levy and Jonathan Tropper actually uh, wrote the screenplay as well. It had a relatively no-name cast uh, with just kind of young up-and-coming actors like Jason Bateman, <laughs> Tina Fey, Jane Fonda, Adam Driver, and, and a few more. <laughs> um, yeah. The film was, it was a modest financial success. It wasn't uh, much of a critical success. You know, it had kind of mixed reviews from critics. In fact, in fact, in, I was going over some of the films that we've done so far on this. This is actually the first film that does not, that does not have a positive Rotten Tomatoes score on it it its score is actually uh 44 percent so but you know but critics are human they're uh, they're not infallible so to each their own um yeah so i actually did enjoy it i saw this movie years ago and it's always been one of my favorites basically because i love jason bateman as you know (laughs) i love jason bateman but it's always been one of my favorite movies i just thought it was funny and touching and warm and sarcastic in a really good way but i never knew it was a book and when i was talking to my friends about doing the this podcast we were making our list for book my friend molly said did you read this is where i leave you and i had no idea that this movie was based off a book so i always loved the movie and I was excited to read the book. So it's interesting that it wasn't a critical success because I think it's it's really one of my favorite movies that stays that has stayed with me for years. Yeah, I remember uh, seeing it on TV like once like years ago, just randomly. And, and I watched it and I did enjoy it. And then, you know, I watched it again for the for this. Yeah, like it's, you know, it's not a comedy best described as maybe a dramedy or a cum drum. 
whatever you want to call it. Because uh, there are some, you know, funny, humorous moments, but it is, still, you know, a very dramatic film and is with some heavy themes to it. And uh, it was interesting reading the book and watching the movie. And, you know, there were, you know, the movie is pretty faithful, but a lot from the book gets condensed into certain things. Yeah. And I think it seems to be, as we do this, a little bit more obvious of the people, the authors who are involved in the screenplay and who like stay faithful. Because knowing that Tropper was involved in the screenplay, I feel like held it pretty true to the book. Although, you know, when you read about Tropper and that, you know, he knew there had to be changes to make it translate to the screen. And I, I feel like he made those pretty strategic decisions that kept the theme and overall message the same, although some of the characters were condensed and changed. And, you know, um, you know, one of my biggest gripes with the movie is that you don't get that interior monologue, the really of the character. Um, in this case, most of it was from Bateman's perspective, Judd, um, the character Judd, and you don't get that interior monologue and full backstory, which I like from a book. But if I hadn't read the book, which I hadn't when I first saw this movie, it still remains one of my favorites because I do think overall it stayed pretty true. Yeah, uh, you see a lot in the film where, like, you know, things are touched upon, like, from the book, like, touched upon, but don't really go into too much detail, whereas the book is very detailed and a lot of backstory. There's flashbacks and other things that kind of explains how this family and how these characters got to one point or mm-hmm. or the other. Um, so I think just made it made it very interesting. Yeah, I thought one of the most glaring differences was they changed their last name. In the book, it's Foxman. And in the movie, it's Altman. And I don't actually know why they made that decision because I, I think both uh, work. <laughs> yeah, I do. I was, cur- I was reading an article. I think it was an interview with Jonathan Tropper. And he said, he said that the reason is because a lot of times when you are filming that sometimes like character names get changed based off where you're filming, that if there's someone, you know, someone with that last name who lives in that area, mm-hmm. how that would affect things, but they do well for that. So that's why they changed it from Foxman to Altman. My initial theory was, I know there was a legendary director like Robert Altman. I just thought maybe he, you know, was a big fan of his work and did it, you know, but then stumbled upon this article and saw that. And saw that. So um, that's interesting. That, so very yeah. like tactical reasons, just based off where you're filming. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And they changed Jen's name to Quinn, which did make a lot of sense to me. But, you know, and Annie is in the movie is Alice in the book. So it's just little things like that. But everyone else's name, first name stayed true. Yeah. And I think like in the, the same article I was reading, I think he mentioned about like changing from Jen to Quinn, that like Quinn sounded more exotic per se. <laughs> like, you know, Jen hmm. was, you know, maybe too common of a name for him. So, okay. But yeah, there's all like little, you know, reasons that you know i think some of the big differences is like i mentioned is how detailed the book is and how condensed the movie is the book goes into a lot more detail about the whole uh sitting shiva and you see that because there's frequently like there's so many parts in the book where like okay today so and so is coming like today you know judd's co-workers you know show, showed up for that you know wendy's uh, high school friends and you know all, all these people are you know 
coming, you know, paying their condolences. And you don't really get that in the film. You know, you don't really see those instances. There was one like, and I did it. It was probably one of my favorite scenes in the, in the movie when, um, or just this montage and it showed, you know, the whole family like sitting in the shiva chairs and talking to the various people. And they're all kind of, they all kind of have their little thing that they're saying, like Paul, the oldest brother, you know, his, his subplot is trying to, um, conceive with his wife and you know so he keeps saying it's like yeah we're you know no kids yeah yeah we're trying and uh phil uh philip is telling people what he's doing uh what he's doing for a living but he's basically lying because you know and you see his different uh the different career choices that he has and yeah and i i'm trying to remember i should go back and look at this but i think in the book the mom knew that the wife left judd that Judd was getting divorced. And in the movie, it's a big secret until like Judd explodes and tells everyone yeah. what's happened. But I'm pretty sure in the book, they all go in with that basic knowledge. Like they know that's happening. Yeah, and the I big reveal so. is that but she's like, pregnant, that he doesn't know about either until midway through. But that was the one other difference I thought was that he kept that a secret in the movie, but it wasn't in the book. Because again, like I know I, I've mentioned a couple of times in previous uh, episodes that it's uh, that with movies, you want things to be kind of uh, have that big moment that books maybe, you know, don't really need that mo- the big moment. So, you know, it becomes kind of like a, a big moment there, somewhat humorous where he mm-hmm. explodes and says, you know, reveals the reveals the truth that, you know, it's a very um, movie-esque moment that yeah. they went for there. Oh, and then thinking about the what, what you were talking about was the guests and the mourners who were coming to Shiva in the movie. There's no Mr. Applebaum. There's a Mrs. Applebaum, and it's just a brief look at her. But Mr. Applebaum is kind of a persistent character in the movie. I mean, flat, we don't know a lot about him, but that he's very interested in the mother and he's a lonely widower. And he kind of plays that character at the end that he's, you know, trying to get on with Hillary, Jane Jane Fonda's character. But he's kind of this old guy who's interested in a widow. And at the end, I think when Jason Bateman escorts him out after the mother and her friend kissing he says something like you know i'm a i'm an old man and you know it's hard to sit in your house by yourself every night and so you kind of feel bad for him and you know why he's like kind of looking around for a new girlfriend but he's not in the movie at all yeah it's uh that's kind of interesting and one thing because um the book has so many different characters you know because they do give insight into the the visitors there and that you know but a lot of times these things don't transfer uh, translate to film because probably because of uh financial concerns because then you know if you have these binary characters you have to put in well then you gotta find an actor to play them and pay them so it's one thing where they kind of you know try to cut down you know try to cut down where they need to that you know i guess with the movie they wanted to show the the sitting shiva process or ceremony but i guess they felt it wasn't a hundred percent necessary to really know the whole story of all the visitors and how they are connected to it it's you know you kind of just show them it's like okay this is what they do these people come to their house and so on and so forth yeah now i and i absolutely and wendy has two kids in the movie but three kids in the book and again not a huge they're not a huge part of the story i mean the 
boy's relationship with uh, the uncles, you know, plays a little bit bigger part, but, you know, again, not a huge, huge subplot that needs to be put in there. Something that has to be true too. But I thought that Tina Fey's Wendy's character was just so funny. And I have a hard, I had a hard time reading the book after knowing the movie so well of not reading it in the character's voices. <laughs> Cause a lot of times you'll true. read a book and you don't have, you'll either develop that for yourself if you haven't seen the movie. Um, but this one was really hard not to, to read it in Judd's voice and Tina Fey and Adam Driver and Jane Fonda. Cause I thought they were such memorable characters. Yeah. I, I had that, I had that same experience. Like I kept picturing, like, even if, even if I hadn't seen the movie first, like I kind of knew who was in the cast that's so I would, you know, and one thing that when I was reading about in the same article I referenced before that I mentioned like Wendy's character is like a little bit more prominent in the film than in the book and the reason is because of Tina Fey that he actually said that was like well when you have Tina Fey you're gonna use her you know so because she is so talented and so funny that you know she's gonna bring a lot um you know bring a lot more to the table. Yeah, I really liked her. My oh. other my other favorite character dynamic is the rabbi boner. Yes. <laughs> And when I was reading that article, the same one I think that you sent me, it, you know, Tropper wanted to keep that scene when the brothers get high at the at, at the temple yeah. and the fire alarm goes off. Like that to me is one of the funniest scenes in a movie. And I thought it was, it's funny in the book, but to see it translate to the screen to me was funnier. And you know, I don't say that often, but I thought like he kept that pretty true. And I just thought the whole thing was hilarious. And the way they, you know, that poor boner could not escape that nickname, even though he's the prominent rabbi. Yeah. Brothers just don't let him, you know, it, it's so, it's such a good job of keeping the dynamic of when you're kids translating to when you're an adult and that one kid who's is trying to escape that nickname that he's had. True. And I just think it's hilarious. And I, I thought it was, I thought the movie did it so well and it was yeah. so funny. Yeah. I love the part in the movie when like afterwards, after, you know, the fire, fire alarm goes off and they all, uh, and they're all escorted out. And then the three brothers, they're covered in water from the spring, from yeah. the um, sprinklers. And then um, yeah, the fight in the parking lot. And then I love when um, the mother, Jane Fonda's character, even calls him boner too. Right. It's, it's just, it's, yeah. Very and the other big stuff. difference I saw was that Annie slash Alec in the movie actually yeah. does have sex with Jason Bateman's character, Judd, which is a little bit not totally what he wants. Not that it's against his will, but it's like kind of like one of those things that just happens. But in the movie, that never happens. He rebukes her and it brings her to his senses. But yeah, it's kind of funny that that they changed that. And I, and I could get why they changed it, because I think that's a hard thing to like in a movie wrap up without doing damage to the brother's relationship out having him push back on her and bring her to her senses. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I think that was the smart choice in the movie that, you know, if they did go ahead in it, again, it would cause a major rift between the brothers and it would uh, really kind of just you know, destroy like any camaraderie they had. So it was, uh, it was, you know, I did enjoy the book, but I think that was a little much. But then, yeah, uh, yeah. well, one thing, sleeping around in affairs is a major theme throughout the book. We can, I uh, think we should move on to um, Judd and his wife and his uh, boss. Yes. And I thought Dax Shepard was great as Wade. I think that was perfect casting. He like, he, Dax Shepard, I think does like excellent job with characters like that, like that. And I think 
think like it kind of I could feel it like the kind of very misogynistic and you know like even just the little like glimpses of what we got of his radio show it's like this is kind of the you know the ones that would you know I could picture certain like radio shows and podcasts or something that are very you know very much like that and that's a different theme and his his character was just very brilliant very funny yeah I thought he was great and I think the one big difference in the beginning of the book when Judd walks in on his wife and Wade is I actually think it's funnier in the book because he throws mm-hmm. the cake at him and it burns his balls with the lit <laughs> candles which yeah I feel is really funny but in the movie he doesn't do that he just blows out the candles and and walks out it's a little bit more of a scene than in the movie than in the book when you know he throws the cake and he burns his balls with the candles which is really really pretty funny that was one thing that I was like oh I wish they showed that I mean maybe that's hard to show but I mean I thought it was pretty a pretty amusing scene yeah I I think I I think I can understand why they kind of changed that uh changed that because because like we said this isn't at all comedy it's so dramatic moments that you know and I think maybe they felt like that may have been a little too silly uh, for especially because that's like right at the start of the film that had you had something in like that people would be expecting something different they would expect this to be like a more you know crazy comedy that he wanted um, you know which this film is not it's a you know somewhat dramatic film so I got understand the reasoning behind Shane. Yeah. Yeah, I get your point. Yeah, I do. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the casting of Jane Fonda. Yeah, it's very funny. I was reading the book. Well, obviously, I was reading the book, and I come up, there's a passage that isn't in the movie for, you know, and probably for obvious reasons, where there's a flashback and Judd is recalling when he walked in on his parents having sex. And there's one, there was a discussion with his mom, and she mentions about exercise, and the mom watches the Jane Fonda workout videos that were very popular at the time. So I just thought that was that was just absolutely hilarious that, you know, she wound up, Jane Fonda herself wound up playing this part. Yeah, I did too. I thought that was really funny yeah. when he talks about that. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, when I was reading it, I'm like, oh my gosh, and Jane Fonda is the is the mother in the book. I think that's really funny. Yeah. And now they, ne- correct me if I'm wrong, but in the movie, they never show the dick, right? No, not really. Like they have the scene, like you just see the, the corpse in the hospital bed but there's no focus in on them okay because for some reason and we don't get a big feel for him in the book either i mean we get a little bit right we know his parenting style but in my mind i had him as the character oh my gosh i wanted to say his name was judd nelson but that's not right craig he played in coach the big guy oh god craig Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. Not John Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. And in my head, when I started watching the movie, I expected to see him. And I don't know why. He must have been a dad in a different movie. But I was, and I was like, wait, did I miss it? And, I, and no. But um, so I don't know why I thought that. In my head, maybe that's who I've created for this guy. But yeah, I thought, you know, the kind of the dad's kind of a just a reason to get them all there, which we find out at the end, it was really the mother's idea anyway, which they kept pretty true to. And then, yeah, I thought that that, I you know, and I, I, I didn't remember the mother 
having a relationship with the next door neighbor woman in the movie and initially. So when I read that in the book, I was like, wait, did they leave that out? And then when I went back and watched the movie, they kept it in and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I don't know how I missed that the first time, but I thought I was glad they kept it in because it, you know, kind of is a big part of the ending of the book. Yeah. The reveal is a lot different in the movie where like in the yeah. book, I think they see uh, her like leaving, like out the window, they see her leaving the neighbor's house, Linda's house. And then, but in the movie, it was when like, there's this big fight and, you know, where Paul, you know, thinks that he saw, he saw um, his wife getting intimate with John and they start the fight and fill up his uh, older girlfriend, Tracy, played by Connie Britton, is, is leaving and he's begging for her to come back. And it's, whole, it's just a whole big mess and they're fighting and, you know, physical and shouting and, and everything. And then they use the coming out, per se, to uh, defuse the situation. When they start, yeah, when, when is, they yeah, start that is very yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, and I liked but, Connie Britton's character as Tracy. I thought she was great too, and I, I like Connie Britton, uh-huh. so I thought that was very well done, yeah. and I thought that stayed pretty true, except for the end when she's leaving because you know Adam Driver's character Philip stands on the roof like a child throwing a temper tantrum and wants her to come back. Yeah, you know, and I think that's like a really great part of the book where the mother's like, "You just have to go. He's not going to do anything. He needs to be treated like a child. You have to ignore him." And uh you know, so you kind of get the relationship between the mother and Philip and Philip and the girlfriend. And so I thought Connie Britton was really effective as her character. Yeah. You know, I do remember that scene and, you know, in the book and reiterating that with him up on the roof. And I kept picturing Adam Driver up there. And mm-hmm. I was and I was thinking, it's like, this is a, this could have worked in the movie. It's like, that's not, you know, it wasn't out of character. I could see him doing something like that. And yeah, but again, probably just a creative decision and to uh, make cuts where they can. Yeah. And the other only big thing I noticed was that the backstory between Paul and Judd, you know, they, in the movie, it's kind of just that they grew apart and Paul's the one who stayed back to run the store, but it's a little bit more complex than that. In the book, Paul was injured. He had a college scholarship. His shoulder was messed up from protecting Judd from a Rottweiler. And so, you know, and, and that's really hard to do in a movie without flashbacks. So I could get why they did it, but you just, it's their relationship is just much more complex in the book than just two brothers growing apart uh, and one choosing to stay home as the movie indicates, which is fine because that's probably all they needed. But, you know, you get enough about the relationship there. But I think that's one of the things that you don't truly get outside of the book. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, So yeah, it's one of those creative decisions where you kind of have to, you know, cut some things to make it filmable. You know, this is like a 300 plus page book condensed into an hour and 45 minute movie. You got to make cuts where you you can. It was a... uh, if you want to touch on uh, the relationship between Judd and Penny. <laughs> yeah. And I thought the rela- the overall relationship was true to the m- book, except that you don't get the backstory that they kind of had a thing in high school. I think Wendy says that she always had a thing for you and you ignored her, which seems like in the in the movie and, and in the book, that seems like it was a little bit opposite. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, you know, they had a relationship, you know, kind of with 
they, they liked each other, but it never really went very far until the end. But I thought her, or the the character itself was pretty true, except that in the mo- in the movie she manages a skating rink, and in the book she works at the store too and manages the skating rink and teaches skating lessons. Yeah. But overall, I thought you know it, it was pretty pretty well done. One interesting thing, and maybe I'm looking too much into this with how like in the book she was working at the at the father's store, and you know because in the movie. Movie, like they do Judd sees her for the first time in the store but she's getting her um her skates her skates sharp uh sharpened it doesn't really suggest that she works that that she works there and I think it kind of like maybe like points to the small town living that you know here like she works at the skating rink she's you know an instructor that in a small town maybe that's not the most lucrative career that she would need a second job like like that and it kind of like speaks to the whole, you know, never leaving your small town and how she might need that. And I don't know if I'm looking too much into that. That's just what I got from it. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I thought that, yeah, I mean, I I think in the book, it made it seem like she stayed home. In the movie, she stayed home to take care of her mother who had been ill. But I didn't, you know, I I didn't get ever the big desire that her desire was to leave, that she was happy. I mean, I think the the bottom line is that she was happy with where she was in life Mm -hmm. and was okay with it. Yeah. And I really enjoyed uh, Rose Byrne. I thought she did a great job in that and you know i um i remember seeing her in the movie in the movie neighbors and i was, uh, liked liked her in that so i think this is a very good part for her so yeah and i like tori's character i mean hori i think played play, play, stayed pretty true to what he was and i really kind of liked what he like what he did and that that is uh timothy oliphant and i've seen him in other things and i and i like him and i think he's funny but uh, you know i thought he was an effective character and he stayed i thought you know you understood pretty true what happened between he and wendy and in both and you know the relationship between he and the altman family was you know pretty well portrayed yeah and for one like in in the book you can really uh see a lot like the guilt that wendy feels over the mm-hmm. ac- the accident that she was a part of and that he like you know how it brain damaged them and, you know the movie stayed pretty uh close stayed pretty close to that and showing the guilt you know showing the guilt there not uh, in as much detail i don't think they really explore too much you know what happened no i just you know i know to, uh he has a he says something like you know about like when judd asked him about him getting his own place and he says oh i can't you know the brain damage and there's a part with him and wendy where he says like i came outside to get something but now i don't know what it is and you know i think it was very effective i think to me to the Oliphant did a great job with that portrayed him very sensitive i think mocking of any sort so i think that was a good job yeah overall i just i was very impressed with this cast like obviously like huge like big big names in it and one thing it's funny my friend uh from college grippy and i we have this game where we do the six degrees of kevin bacon game but we don't okay but we don't generally use kevin bacon we just we'll just pick two random actors and do a you know and try to connect them and i was like this would be a great movie that we could use that we could use because there's so many things and like now thanks to this i could connect Lindsay lohan to henry fonda and uh some easy steps there <laughs> so it's uh so i just thought that was funny no i'm glad we did this one and i loved it and i thought it was just um such a good suggestion by my friend molly to read the book and i'm was thrilled that she did because like i said it was been one of my favorite movies and i just how i did i did know it was a book um so i'm really glad that we did this one and if you if people haven't seen this is where i leave you or read it it's a fantastic book and movie 
And I have to say, yeah. I think people would enjoy both equally. Yeah. Who cares what the critics think? That's right. Yeah. Great. You know. Well, thanks listeners. And thanks, Donnie. And I hope everyone keeps reading and we're going to be starting our build up to the holiday season with some Christmas classics coming your way in the next few weeks. So yeah. get reading. And get watching too.